Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, very nice to see you here this morning in church. Um, if you're our guest with us for the first time, uh, I just want to say uh, a warm welcome to you. Uh, my name's Pastor Nick, and uh, all of us uh, would really want to extend our welcome to you as well. Shall we uh, just give a round of applause to anybody that's new in the church today and just welcome them in? We are a very welcoming uh, and friendly church here at BCC. Um, we're in the middle of a message series called Belong. And uh, the title of my message this morning is quite straightforward. It's, if you want to belong, then join in. If you want to belong, join in. So I want you to tell the person next to you, uh, if you want to belong, you need to join in. So tell that, tell that to the person next to you. Great stuff. Now, even if you know me just a little bit, you might think that I'm about as English as they come. I got educated in a grammar school in Kent, about 40 miles away from London. I went to university in Southampton and I did English literature for a degree. I've worked all my professional life in England and I got married to an English girl. My grandparents and parents were and are English. In the past, some of my friends have told me that I am a bit posh and I am very English. I was once even told that I had better spoken English than the Queen herself. That's quite a compliment. And yet, and yet, for a long time in my life, it might surprise you to know that I have fought with a sense of not really properly belonging. I have. Now, there's a couple of reasons for this, which I'll explain. First of all, uh, you might not know this, but I was born in Zimbabwe. Anyone from Zimbabwe here? It's one or two, great stuff. And I wasn't born in England, and, and I moved here to the UK when I was eight years old. My parents themselves are both British, but they met out in Zimbabwe uh, because after the Second World War, their parents had gone out to what was southern Rhodesia. So I was born in Zimbabwe in 1968, and I spent my early childhood there. Now, there was a lot of political change in Zimbabwe in the 1970s, and my parents decided uh, in the end that it was best uh, if we all moved to England. And so in December 1976, we arrived in England, and at the tender age of eight, I went through a pretty major culture shock, I have to tell you. I experienced Heathrow Airport, uh, fog, London buses, Grey blanket cloud, you know that stuff that just goes on forever. Uh, London taxis, a completely new kind of currency. Pelican crossing, you know, with the flashing lights and the stripy bit on the road. Grey blanket uh, cloud. Uh, dual carriageways, snow, holly and red berries. Squirrels, grey blanket cloud. And colour TV, and that was just on the first day. Can I just say that you never, ever, ever get grey blanket cloud in Zimbabwe? We just don't. You just didn't have it. It's either sunny, which, is a, which it is a lot of the time, or there's a thunderstorm. And I can kind of handle that. I was also a boy uh, that when I grew up in Zimbabwe, I lived kind of out in the sticks. We had a house right on the outskirts of town. And so there was opportunity for me to kind of wander off. Uh, and um, I used to do that quite a lot. And regularly, I would run into uh, kudu, which is a kind of antelope. And snakes like cobra, that kind of stuff. And I knew that you couldn't swim in the rivers in Zimbabwe because they carry a waterborne disease called bilharzia. It makes you very sick if you get it. 
I also remember driving long distance with my family to a town in Mozambique once for a holiday. And on the journey, we were forced to wait in the car for 40 minutes while a pride of lions decided to get out of the road. So when I got to the UK, I was a little bit let down when people got all excited about seeing a squirrel. In my first primary school in England, I was popular uh, for two whole days because of the novelty of me, I guess. But then someone nicknamed me Immigrant. And then someone else called me Camel because I came from Africa. I slowly got used to people kind of shouting, Oi, Camel! Oi, Immigrant! in the playground. Although, if I'm really honest, it never felt really that inclusive. British children seemed surprisingly cynical to me. I would ask what seems like a very straightforward question, hey, would you like to play? And they wouldn't even try and manage me. It was just, no, no. So I didn't really feel like I belonged. And I was homesick for Africa for a long, long time. And just in case you're curious, I have not yet been back there uh, as a a grown-up, and I would love to go back one day. So there are two things from my time in Zimbabwe that still cheer me up greatly if they happen here in the UK. Uh, One is a really sunny day. Well, that didn't happen today, did it? And then another thing that really cheers me up is an attitude from people around me that's just not at all cynical, fun fun and enthusiastic. But hey, I think that would cheer most of us up, wouldn't it? So my journey from Zimbabwe to the UK brought with it a perpetual feeling of being on the outside of things. An ongoing feeling of not really belonging properly. Why do I open with a story like that this morning? I think it is really important that you know, that I know what it feels like to feel really, really homesick. I do. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like not to really fit in properly. I know what it feels like to continually manage being in one place but a lot of the time up here be thinking about another place and wondering wondering what it's like there and what's happening there. I know what it feels like to wonder whether I really belong. Now, Birmingham City Church has around 60 different nationalities who attend. And that has to mean that there are some, maybe even many of us, who are a part of BCC today that might have felt that same way that I did at some point in the past, or maybe you even feel that right now. You might have come from another country and settled here in Birmingham for work or for study. You might be in Birmingham uh, because you have relatives already here. Perhaps you you are here just from another part of the UK and that you've come uh, come to Birmingham because of that. Perhaps you are here, but the majority of your family is not here. So I'm convinced that a large number of us here this morning, at the very least, know what it feels like to have arrived from another place. Nationality and geography plays a big part in how we feel about belonging. And then if you factor in having to manage communication in a second language, which is not something I had to go through, and it only increases that sense of being disconnected. It really does. I think the second reason that I have fought with a sense of not really fully belonging is that I found out when I was 14 that I was not my father's son. Although I was biologically my mother's son, she had in fact 
remarried again when I was really small, when I was around 18 months old. And I discovered that the man who I had grown up knowing as dad to that point, and, and I still know as dad, was not biologically connected to me. We went through an adoption process to be adopted by my dad when I was 16 in 1984 uh, in a magistrate's court in Maidstone in Kent. And so all the, although the surname on my original birth certificate was Jackson, I became a Whittam. Even though I thought I'd always been a Whittam all my life up to that point. And that aspect of my upbringing raised all sorts of questions for me, if I'm honest. Such as, you know, why did the original connection between my mum and biological father really break down? I don't really know. Am I more a Jackson or more a Whittam? I mean, all of you guys think of me as Whittam, of course, but that's not my, that's not where I started. How much do I truly belong to my family compared with my half-brother and half-sister who are fully my mum and my stepdad's biological children? My wife and three boys now all have inherited a surname that seems to be the result of a legal proceeding in 1984 rather than the result of normal family succession. Now, these are things that I have tried to make sense of, and I feel I've largely resolved those now. But they definitely unsettled my sense of belonging in a particular family. Now, don't get me wrong. Adoption can work extremely well in many cases. You know, after all, at least you know when you're adopted that your adoptive parents definitely chose you. They did. They wanted you and they chose you. I'm just not so sure that it was so clear-cut in my case or even that it got managed really that well because the information kind of just emerged because it had to. I seem to remember my mum saying, okay, I need to tell you this because I needed a passport to go on a, on a trip with school. And that, in the past, has played into a sense of not really feeling like I fully belong somehow. So why do I share that side of my family history in addition to my journey from Zimbabwe to the UK? Well, I share it because you need to know that the person at the front, i.e. me, understands issues around a sense of belonging and how that feels. I share it with you because perhaps you are at church today and your family story is also one which has aspects that challenge your sense of belonging. You know, perhaps you were adopted, but you still don't really understand what that was all about or why your biological parents couldn't or didn't keep you. Perhaps your family is dysfunctional in other ways and the effect of it is that you feel on the outside or not properly welcome in some way. Perhaps there was a part of your family journey to this moment which makes you question over and over whether you truly belonged, even if the love for you was really strong. It could be that nowadays you're really happily married and you have your own family, but there is a person on their side of the family that still hasn't quite accepted you yet. And you wonder if they ever will. So, not only does geography and nationality feed strongly into our sense of belonging, but our own family story can affect it as well. And I've shared these parts of my own story with you because you need to hear that I haven't had it all together always. I haven't had the smoothest journey through life. I really identify with you if you've come to BCC from another country. I really do. I really identify with you if you have had a part of your family story which has made you question your own sense of belonging. 
And my sense is that I think many of us might feel that way a little bit. In fact, I think the issue of belonging hits us deeply in here, doesn't it? Hits us right here. I, I would say that when we belong, we feel accepted and that we are in company that's genuinely pleased that we're present. That's what it feels like. That, that's what belonging means. People who are pleased that we're there. A sense of belonging is a powerfully uplifting feeling. On the other hand, when we feel we don't belong, we can feel rejected, isolated, that people don't care that they have rejected us. We get that feeling that people are really not kind of that pleased that we're there with them. And that sense that we may not belong can be quite a devastating thing. It's not hard to take a look around at the world and see countless attempts to join in, to belong. Uh, Last month, the American newspaper USA Today reported that the number of people in Facebook groups reached one billion for the first time. So that's not just people who log into Facebook, uh, that's people who are part of an actual group on Facebook. Groups in Facebook are where people can be connected together by a common set of interests uh, and feel a sense of belonging. And if you're in a group on Facebook, it means that you're with those people uh, because you identify with whatever reason or cause that that group was created to, to meet. There's all sorts of different Facebook groups on, uh, uh, online that you can connect people with all sorts of different interests. And some of those groups definitely help people. They provide community and connection and company and answers and support and draw people from all around the world together a bit. I'm not sure how many definite long-term friendships are birthed from nothing, like go from zero to big friendships out of that, or whether they create a deep sense of belonging, but they can help. I think other groups are just for fun. Uh, uh, Bear with me. I just did some research on uh, some Facebook groups that are out there, and uh, you might want to consider a few of these for a moment. Uh, When you go home, you might want to jump on and join some of these. Uh, They're a bit weird, some of them, but they did make me laugh. Um, There's a group called Don't Let Parents Join Facebook. Well, do you know what, teenagers? It's too late. We're We're all on there with you. There's another group called Accomplishing Something Before the Microwave Reaches Zero. That's for really busy people, isn't it? Oh, I'll just quickly go and do that before. I've got two minutes. I know I can do it. There's a a group that made me laugh as well called, I need to sneeze. It's gone. You know that feeling when you're about to sneeze? You're like, oh, oh, where's that gone? There's an actual Facebook group for that. Here's one that really plays right into our sense of belonging or not. There's a group on Facebook called that moment of shame when an automatic door doesn't open for you. Wow, the rejection. And this is my personal favorite of all, which actually has nearly a million members in it. Dear Pringles, I cannot fit my hand inside your tube of deliciousness. Oh dear. On a serious note, the issue of belonging or not belonging sits on a fault line between being connected on the one hand and being really lonely on the other. One time I spent a few months volunteering at Age Concern, which is a charity that looks out for older people. And uh, my job was to ring up uh, some of the elderly people to see if they were okay or not. And I was really shocked to find out that often my call on that day was the only contact with another real human being, uh, not including TV or radio. And of course, that means that anybody that was not connected with a charity like that or didn't have family 
they might have been going for ages and ages with no contact at all. So where's this all going and why am I building, you know, why am I kind of painting this picture this morning? Well, it's really so important for us to all hear and to receive something deep from God this morning that no matter the introduction you had in your life to the idea of belonging and whether that was strong or not, God has a great solution for our need to belong. It's the best solution imaginable. It really is. It's, and, and, and valid and powerful though our background influences may be, or have seemed, this solution from God cuts right through everything. It's something that includes very many of us in this room, possibly all of us. It's something that Pastor Mark impressed upon us powerfully last week in his illustration of the Lion of the tribe of Judah. It has more of a life-changing influence upon our sense of belonging than our background, our nationality, our country of origin, our gender, our status, our culture, our personality, our wealth, our character, everything. God's answer for our need to belong is this, that God sent his son Jesus to bring us into his family, which here on earth is all of us collectively together as church. That is his answer. Romans chapter 8 tells us that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. No matter where you come from, you are a child of God this morning. And that the Spirit we received brings about our adoption to sonship. You imagine how someone like me or possibly you, if you've struggled with these kinds of things, you would feel when you read something like that. You read something like that and think, yes, God, I'm in. That's great. What Jesus did on the cross to do away with our sin and reconnect us with God as our heavenly father means that we now belong fully in God's family. No matter what family background or circumstances may have been up to this point. Now, not only have we been adopted into God's family, but spiritually, our citizenship transfers from whatever nation we were born into, and we become citizens of heaven. And that starts now, or it started the day that you decided to follow Jesus, and it stretches forwards forever. Now, we may have doubted whether we belonged in the past, but when we start following Jesus, we start belonging in God's family. And it is a full, inclusive, comprehensive belonging. And on top of that, the more we are church, and the more we express the purposes of church, the more deep our sense of belonging will run. So in other words, if we follow Jesus, then we belong in God's family, which is the church. And on top of that, the more deeply we are invested in the purposes of church, the more deep our sense of godly belonging becomes. Let's try and kind of capture that all in a, in a statement, a bold statement. It, I'm, but it'll be up on the screen behind me, hopefully. Church is God's solution to our lifelong need for belonging. The more we join in, the deeper, of, the deeper our feeling of belonging becomes. I'm absolutely convinced that as we join in with the purposes of church, our sense of belonging will run very deep and very strong. In fact, tell the person next to you again, if you want to belong, you need to join in. And this time, give them the waggy finger. That's it. Why is it so important for us to hear this today? Because I think we can fall into a false sense of belonging really easily that isn't any kind of belonging at all. We can think we're connected, but really it's a superficial, surface kind of thing. We can come to church, but we can end up being observers more than participators. We can come to church and behave more like consumers rather than contributors. 
We can come to church and simply be attenders, but not fashioners or co-executors of God's purposes along with God. Ask yourself a really honest question this morning. Be dead honest. Am I really God's co-worker with him through church? Or do I just come and watch some other people do that? I'm pressing you a bit. Ask yourself that question. If we slip into those kinds of mindsets, our sense of belonging will decrease. And the more we join in, on the other hand, the greater our sense of belonging. You know, the reason as pastors and as leaders, we encourage you to be part of the many different ministry opportunities we have here at BCC is not because it somehow pleases us to have thousands of minions building a kingdom, our kingdom or our empire. That's not what it is at all. It's because we understand God's wisdom in giving us church in which to be family. We understand God's wisdom in giving the church purposes which must be expressed in the world. God's wisdom is that he meets, as, is that he meets our need for belonging when we gather as church and that we belong increasingly strongly as we participate in the purposes of church. Now, who knows it's true that Jesus came to give us life. Yeah, and life to the full. Absolutely. Now, a full life is one in which there is a deep sense of belonging woven into it. You're not on the outside. And it's not lonely and it's not empty. The more you connect and engage, the deeper your sense of belonging is going to run. Do you want a life full of people in it? You don't seem sure. You're in a room full of people to start with. You must have come for that reason. No? Do you want a life full of people in it? Or do you want to just be on your own? You seem to be thinking about that one. I want loads of people in my life. I don't want to just be by myself. Do you want a life full of fun in it? Yeah, thank you. Join in with the purposes of church. Do you want a life full of things to do? Oh yeah, great uptake on that one. Join in with the purposes of church. You might say to me, but pastor, I'm really, really busy with all the things I'm doing. And you know what? I hear that. That's fine. But are all those things you're busy doing, do they create and build you a sense of belonging? Do they? At one time, a couple who had a family came to see me and they told me that they didn't kind of really feel that they belonged. And he worked away in the week and uh, she felt a little bit isolated in the week. And we chatted through some ideas to help them with that, uh, such as in the week, in the week she was going to uh, link with a life group. And uh, he was going to connect with some of the men uh, by phone and by text. And we also prayed uh, together. Uh, and as the weeks went by after that, I kind of my awareness of them was heightened and uh, I looked out for them and I... And then I noticed that they actually came very little. Uh, they came around one in three weeks, possibly once a month. And, and it became really obvious to me that the start of fixing them belonging was kind of just coming. Why don't you just start there? Just come. Just come each week. You know, the film producer Woody Allen said once that showing up is 80% of life. Now, I think it's a little bit more than that. But showing up's a great start. So... I want to explore what church is and how it works with a visual parable. Now, you know me, I quite like a visual illustration, don't I? I've done some in the past. Uh, we did a bit of a rainbow at Christmas time, if you were here for that, and a cupboard and what have you. I like to demonstrate things with a visual illustration. So I'm just going to ask, I've asked sort of five or six volunteers uh, in the church just to come forward. I've asked them already. Um, so if you got given a little slip of paper, just come on out now. And what we're going to get these guys to do uh, is they're going to replicate the belong wall 
Thank you, guys. Come on down the front. We're going to replicate the belong wall kind of just behind me here. So, guys, just start carry the stuff up. It's all replicated like down there really nicely. You just have to bring it up here. You wouldn't have thought that was too hard. Hopefully not. Um, guys, if you want to stick a little bit of music on at the back just to help them uh, build that, that would be great. So... I have labelled as well on the inside of the boxes. Part of the problem in the first service was the labelling wasn't right. It just wasn't. I looked at it and I thought, oh, I can see why they struggled with that. So I'm hoping that we fix that. Thank you for your help. I do appreciate it. And hey, actually, putting yourself out there and having a go is part of what church is all about. It, you know, church is never going to be perfect, is it? And the reason that I wanted to do this illustration was because I think it illustrates how church works perfectly, which is really loads of people turning up and having a go to the best of their ability. And sometimes that's a bit messy. It's not quite perfect, but you get the general idea, don't you? You really do. And I thank you for those of you that were willing to participate. Thank you very much. I've had a few reflections. Uh, I thought about how this process might play out, and it does prompt a few questions, a process like that. What if everybody just looked on and no one was prepared to join in? You know, I, I went to several people and we asked them and they were like, great, yeah, I'll give it a go. What happens if we had a church where no one was willing to do that? You, well, for one thing, you wouldn't have had any worship this morning. What if somebody didn't do their part? You know, and, and the belong picture didn't end up being kind of created. Imagine we just didn't have this bit. He's preaching in Coventry, the excitement man. That's where he is today, just to say. There we go. Pastor Mark's off and preaching at another Elin church in Coventry. But to be fair, he is somebody who brings us quite a lot of passion and energy and excitement. And when that's missing, I think we kind of feel it a bit, don't we? What happens if there was just a complete piece missing? That wouldn't work. What happens if you were someone watching and you'd have liked to have a go? What happens if you were someone watching and you'd like to have had a go and you would have thought you'd have done a better job yourself? What if God had a particular purpose in mind with church one morning that was a total one-off, a once-in-a-lifetime possibility, but it didn't get to happen because there wasn't someone there to do their part of it? Has that ever occurred to you? Sometimes God has just that one opportunity to do something. Now, we know that God's all-powerful and he can do what he likes, but how about he was waiting for that one time, for that one person to come by, and then that didn't happen? I panic about those kinds of thoughts, and I, I want to always be prepared and ready. What happens? Here's another angle on this uh, illustration. What happens if Jordan and the youth team painted something that had no design? There was no meaning in it. It was just random, scribbly mess then the exercise of putting that together to attempt to spell the word belong just wouldn't have worked or had much meaning at all, would it? It wouldn't have had a purpose. It would have been a bit random. I hope that illustration sits with you in your mind and you reflect on, actually, my participation is kind of what makes church. When I join in, that's when church works best. And that's when the purposes of God are expressed the best. Let's look very briefly at five pur purposes of church. They'll come up on the screen behind me. And then we're going to close with some uh, responses to that. Remember, as you embed yourself in the purposes of church, your sense of belonging 
is going to climb and climb and climb. Um, in his letters to Timothy, Paul includes a lot of helpful instructions to Timothy about how to build church and the purposes of church. You know, when you're setting out as a young pastor, you need a Paul. If you're a Timothy, you need a Paul who's going to help you, don't you? Because you need all the advice and input you can find. Here are five purposes of church that I see in Paul's letters to Timothy. Uh, Number one, we must worship and pray, mustn't we? Worship and prayer is so key. Uh, It's a core purpose of church. 1 Timothy 2.1 says this, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. Secondly, as church, we must bring clear teaching and life-directing messages. It's an absolutely core part of church is that when you come to church, you're going to hear a message that will help you and prompt you and goad you and encourage you and guide you. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.16 says this, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Third, as church, we must tell the good news about Jesus Christ and reach the lost. That is so key as a purpose of church, isn't it? 2 Timothy 4.5 says this, and bear in mind this is being said to a pastor, not an evangelist. It says this, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. And I think there's a prompt in there for all of us, which is that we might be good in one area, but let's go and make ourselves good in all areas of church, because that's honoring to Jesus. Fourthly, as church, we must build each other up in fellowship, edification, and mutual encouragement. Uh, 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word, be prepared in season and, in out, and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Fifth and last of all, as church, we must take care of the needy, the poor, and attend to issues of social justice. And 1 Timothy 6, uh, 17 to 19 says, or 17 starts like this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. As we heard when we took up our offering, commend them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In other words, if we've got lots of wealth, Paul is saying to Timothy, encourage those who are in that situation in your church to be generous and to look out for those who have need. And one of our big expressions of that here at BCC is our food bank. We do that directly uh, in line with that verse. I'm just going to ask the worship team to come up and uh, Natalie, if you'd like to start playing just when you're ready. You know, if church is God's answer to our need for lifelong belonging and we join in, then the five purposes of church I've just briefly laid out there for you are from God so that your sense of belonging can grow deeper and deeper as you work through those purposes. And that will be God's gift to your life. You know, I meet people sometimes who have no sense of belonging at all. They feel really disconnected. They feel very isolated. God's gift to us is to belong in church. No matter your background or your nationality or your family or your history, and you've heard a little bit about my story today, God meets your need to belong as you are part of church. And he deepens your belonging as you join in. Just as the worship team uh, play for us, I'm just going to pray for us for a minute and I'm going to ask the Spirit to speak to us and to speak to me as well.
we'll just listen to the Spirit and see what He has to say, how we might respond. Just stay seated for a moment and let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'd speak deep into our heart, into our hearts this morning about what it means to belong. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us about what it means to join in? sense this morning is that there's a surprising number of us who have we've got soul wounds around the area of belonging we've been through some stuff where we felt we definitely did not belong and it hurt us and in a moment when we when we stand up and sing and when we praise one more song I'm going to just if that was you I'm going to ask you to be brave enough to come and get some prayer for that some of us that feel that a pattern in our lives is that we're routinely awkward about joining in we just don't know how to do it we're not great at making friends we find it just a whole difficult process it hurts us it's not easy we look along we look over at other people who seem to have it all together and are well connected and we think how do they do that i'd love to do that better you know and if that's an admission for you in your own heart then well done you for being brave enough to admit that to yourself we can pray for that as well maybe you're somebody who sat there this morning thinking do you know what? I really wish I could have joined in on that boxes exercise I had something to bring I knew what to do I could have shown them that's not prideful that's just you wanting to join in and contribute and that's fine Maybe 2017 for some of us is a year in which we really do join in and we bed in and we find that sense of belonging that because we've moved here from somewhere else or because family story's been difficult, we haven't really felt it. But God has that for you. God has a sense of belonging for you right here, right in this church, right in this place. Let's all stand and uh, we're going to sing together. You know, one of the reasons, I'll just speak for a minute from my heart. One of the reasons I love BCC is because I sense that lots of people are a little bit like me, that they've come from another place, but they found a sense of belonging in God here. And it's an absolute privilege to speak to you from that place because I feel it too. Let's all sing. And if any part of the message is connected with you and you want some prayer about anything at all, especially around the area of belonging, then just come and see us at the front and we'd be delighted to pray for you. Yeah, our privilege. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you.